Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry Roberts coming to you wherever you're at. Praise God. However you're watching, listening, praise God. It's always, again, a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. It's always an honor that uh, you got folks that are out there hungry, wanting to grow, wanting to go higher, wanting to hear the Word of God. So anyway, we're always privileged and honored to, uh, to bring the Word to you. So praise the Lord. Again, this being kind of a midweek service, so we're going to go to a, one of our uh, common text here to open up, and that's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll just dive into the Word here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 says, Now all these things happened to them, of course, talking about the children of Israel and all that they went through uh, uh, coming out of Egypt and in the wilderness. All these things happened to them as examples or type shadows and other things you can learn from that they, uh, that they were written for our admonition, our instruction, our teaching, amen, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, this would be forever uh, lessons that you could learn, things you can glean and know Amen. And really, quite frankly, if the children of Israel, they, uh, you know, these things that in context that happened to them weren't good things, you know, talking about that they experienced, a, 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 you know, this wilderness experience based on some choices uh, that they made, decisions they made. And as a result of it, um, it wasn't good. It wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty. And so the point is, is that we could learn that from them. So we don't have to experience those kind of things. I mean, nobody really wants to wander in a wilderness for 40 years. I mean, really. So the point is, is that what we've been doing over the last, um, you know, well, the whole year actually on our midweek services, been talking about uh, gleaning and learning from our patriarchs of faith or people that uh, in the scriptures, some, most of them, of course, been old covenant. Um, some have been new. In fact, today we're going to look at somebody out of the new covenant. Um, and so uh, just taking, uh, you know, things that we can learn from them, things that they did right, or maybe uh, some of the folks, we learned learn some mistakes they made, and hopefully not to make those same mistakes. So again, uh, you know, we say this every week, you know, uh, on our midweeks here, but again, we're just trying to show you that uh, we're here to glean what we can from, from these individuals, praise God, these, we can call them maybe patriarchs of faith, people who did, uh, did things and were recognized based on uh, their faith, an act, an act of faith or whatever. So uh, anyway, so we're going to go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. All right, let's see here. And this one is going to be a little different than what we've done in the past. Uh, we're going to talk about a man named Cornelius. Now, of course, at the time uh, that we're reading here, he ain't even saved yet. He's not even a part of the household of faith yet. He's uh, uh, somebody that obviously does get saved, does get filled with the Holy Ghost, and does get water baptized by the end of this chapter. Uh, this whole chapter, basically, chapter 10 of the book of Acts, is really uh, you know, a, a chapter in, in honor of uh, this man uh, and uh, what God did on behalf of this man and his family. Amen. So we want to kind of learn some things from, uh, from him and what the things that he did right. <clears throat> amen. So there was a certain man, verse 1, amen, a certain man, it means a particular, specific, or even special, that word means, a, a certain man or special man in Caesarea uh, called Cornelius. Now, he was a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, okay, a, a devout man or a devoted or dedicated man 
and one who feared God. Isn't that amazing? Who feared God with all his household. Okay, now, he's not even of the household of faith. He's not even of the family. He's not a Jewish individual here, okay? So here he is giving, you know, he walked in the fear of the Lord, which is something we talked about here what, a week, so, week or so ago. And here he is, a man walking in the fear of God and, uh, you know, in honor of God, loving God, a relationship with God. It's just amazing to me. Um, and he's not even, even in the family of God yet, all right? So it just, it just kind of, uh, uh, kind of a, uh, just a, I don't know, it just seems kind of a neat deal. This man just must have been a pretty special guy. He not only feared God, but it said him and his household. So he obviously was a leader in his own home, not only obviously a leader in, in the Italian regiment, uh, you know, over men, but here he is. He obviously was a good father, a uh, good husband, whatever, because his whole household followed, uh, followed after him uh, toward the fear of the Lord. Amen. And then it said, who gave alms, okay, this is what we're going to focus on today, who gave alms generously. In other words, he was a generous soul, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Amen. He gave alms. It literally means charitable gifts. In other words, he was a big giver. All right. And it says, uh, gave generously uh, to the people. Now, this word people, okay, if you look this up in the, in the uh, Greek, it just means people differing from his own populace. Okay. So, which means uh, he wasn't necessarily just given to all the people around him and people of his own kind. Okay. Now, let me, let me clarify that. It said he gave, uh, let's see, let's say it again, gave alms generously to the people and then prayed to God always. In other words, or continually. Now, let me talk about this people, uh, this word people. Okay. What's he talking about? Well, uh, verse 22 said, uh, if you kind of later in the story here, it says Cornelius was a centurion, a just man who, one who feared God and had what, a, or has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, okay, and was divinely instructed by a holy angel to, and, uh, to summon you uh, to his house and to hear the words. Of course, this was a word to, to Peter. But anyway, the point is, is what he's talking about here in verse 2 is obviously he was a huge giver, okay, probably to the church, probably to, you know, obviously to the Jews, the Jewish race. He believed in them, believed in their God, um, so that's what it's referring to here, all right? But it said here, he gave alms generously, okay? It was a generous giver. Okay, let's read on verse 3 now, verse 3 and 4. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, uh, he, was, he was afraid. Literally just means he trembled, okay, because this, this is out of, the, out of the ordinary, right? And said, what is this? Uh, Lord, and, and so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial, okay, or a reminder, a record, all right, literally talks about here a divine appreciation here, a memorial before God, okay, your prayers, which remember he's, the word said in verse 2 that he prayed to God always or continually, all right, uh, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now, later on in the chapter, it kind of words it a little bit different, which kind of Maybe in a sense, bring some clarity here. In verse 31, it says, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms, or your giving, right? Charitable giving are remembered in the sight of God. So here he says, your prayers have been heard and your gifts, your charitable giving, your generous giving is what has been remembered in the sight of God. Okay, so that's back to verse four again. So that's what he's talking about. Now, 
the point being made is this whole chapter now is kind of, uh, you know, set aside for what happened in this whole scenario with Cornelius and his household. So obviously the angel of the Lord comes to him because of his giving, because of his prayers, and basically tells him, you send men, go get Peter. And of course, the, the Lord also gave Peter a vision that there were going to be people that are going to come and to follow him without any question. And the reason being is because they're all Gentiles, okay? So this really is kind of the beginning of the Gentile ministry, okay? Now, earlier in chapter 9, we see where Paul is part of his ministry was going to be sent to the Gentiles. But here we see Peter now, okay, having to step out of his comfort zone a little bit, having to go beyond any normal thing that they've done before now to go to a Gentile household and minister to them. Now, by the end of the chapter, okay, of course, Peter, you know, the whole story, Peter goes there and ministers to them and obviously senses that God's in this thing 100%. Well, by the end of the chapter, uh, Cornelius and his household are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and being water baptized. So it's, it's quite a story, but all of this came out of really out of the man's relationship and prayers toward God, listen, and what? His generous giving, okay? His generosity, amen, was, was noticed. His generosity, praise God, was recognized by God, amen. Now, uh, so we need to understand what, what does that mean then, okay? Because uh, that, that's never changed. Uh, a generous soul is noticed. A generous soul walks and reaps benefits, a generous soul makes a difference, and we're going to see a lot of verses that deal with that. So what we want to do today, we're going to, we're going to kind of dive in, talk about this thing called generosity. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, which a lot of times is a common text when you're talking about, um, you know, giving and sowing. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I think what I'll do is I'll read a few extra verses in here just to kind of set the stage a little bit. Both Chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians is talking about monetary giving, okay, financial giving, all right? And I've heard people try to somehow, you know, talk about, oh, talking about spiritual, now it's talking about monetary giving, talking about a gift, a monetary gift uh, being given here. So verse 9, uh, pardon me, chapter 9, verse 1, please says this, now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous uh, for, for me to write to you, all right, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready Okay, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, uh, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Okay, now what's been going on is they've been talking about they, they want to get involved in the ministry, send a financial love gift uh, concerning the ministry with the Macedonians. Okay, and that's what this thing's talking about. They had talked about doing this. Now he said, now you need to follow through with it. All right. Therefore, verse 5, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation, okay? And that word even grudging, it's, it's uh, being tight-fisted, okay? In fact, let me give you a little bit of definition on these. 
the word generosity is referring to being uh, bountiful, which is another word that's going to come up here. Uh, liberal uh, in the sense of uh, benevolent, okay? Uh, open-handed, which is a huge way of looking at this. Open-handed. It even refers to things like large-heartedness or selflessness, okay? Uh, this word um, grudging obligation, okay, being tight-fisted, but it means sparingly greedy, but it even it's referring to covetousness, okay? And that's kind of a, a word in this too because that's kind of the difference of being generous. You're being more covetous, okay? That's kind of the opposite here. So in other words, bountiful, sparingly, but that's what it's, it's talking about. Greediness, stingy, tight-fisted, possessive, uses words like meagerly or miserly, okay, as a miser. In other words, you're acting like a miser. Okay, so that's kind of what it's talking about, this greedy or stingy thing, covetous, all right? So let me, uh, let me, uh, let me bring this up. Uh, tell you what, no, let's just read on here. I'm kind of already changed my notes here a little bit. So verse 6 now, okay? It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap, uh, will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, okay, reluctantly or holding back, okay, tight-fisted here, or of necessity, okay, and that's uh, really, that's referring to compulsion. In other words, you're having to be, compul- uh, you know, prodded to do this, okay? All right. But for, or pardon me, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? A cheerful giver, right? Okay. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. Now, I'm going to come back to some of them verses later here, but the bottom line is there's a, there's a benefit to being generous, all right? And that's what he brings out here. In fact, a lot of times when we're uh, doing up offerings, sometimes, you know, this text will come up, especially when we're talking about offerings. And, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a powerful text because it talks about uh, a return on your giving, all right? Now, um, the difference here between generosity, okay, and being, uh, you know, being bountiful versus being sparing, uh, generous versus covetous, you know, liberal versus being greedy, okay? Uh, that's, it's kind of what we're doing here is a little bit of a, uh, you know, you got to get a little bit of understanding what it means on both those accounts. Now, I think Henry Ford one time said this. He said, greed uh, greed is merely a species of nearsightedness. That's what Henry Ford said. Greed is nearly, or probably merely a species of nearsightedness. Okay, in other words, all greed is is about you're just focused on just you or, you know, us four and no more kind of thing instead of thinking about beyond yourself. Um, you know, I'm going to have a few comments in here uh, through the course of the service from, from different people who've been successful uh, in in uh, business and things like that, and I'm just going to throw this out here right now, and that is this. You know, I've done a lot of uh, taking a lot of time over the years, and did a lot of studying and reading up on on different individuals as far as their um, um, you know success and what it takes to succeed. And there's a lot of uh, worldly and Christian uh, success gurus, if I can say it that way. I mean, I'd be kind of a harsh way of saying that, but I just it's just kind of makes the point. And they all have, you know, their top 10 or top 12 things that, that make you successful. And I guarantee you, they all agree that part of the top 10, uh, part of that top 10 list or whatever is generosity. They all agree. Okay. Even the people that aren't even saved. Okay. Agree that it is priority for you to be generous. All right. Or you lose everything you got. Okay, now that's a spiritual principle, all right? 
Now, I'm just going to throw another thing out here, okay, and that's this. When, with our finance, with our increase, with our substance, okay, with our materials, with our, uh, our possessions, with, with all that we have, okay, um, we first and foremost honor God with it. It's how it works, especially when it comes time to bringing in, you know, your first, uh, first fruits, everything that comes in, you first honor God. It's the way it works. It's how this thing works, all right? We're talking about a generous soul now. It first starts off, you honor God, okay, with the, with the fir- first part, okay? So that's going to be talking about the tithe. Now, my message today ain't about the tithe, but you just have to understand that's where it all starts. And then we not only honor God with the first part, but we represent God with the rest of it. We learn how to honor God and represent God with our finances, with our increase, okay? Our substance, our possessions, okay? And it's just, just something to keep in mind, okay? We're probably going to talk more about representing God uh, than we are about, you know, uh, you know, the tithe and that kind of thing. So we're probably primarily talking today more about offering, about honoring God, I mean, pardon me, about being a representation of God in the area of our giving. All right. Okay, so a lot said there. Let's go to Proverbs, and I'm going to come back to 2 Corinthians uh, 9 here in a little bit. Let's go to Proverbs. Kind of took a little rabbit trail there, but I guess you're all pretty used to me doing that. So Proverbs, we're going to go Proverbs 22. All right. Oops. Proverbs 22, and I'm going to go to verse 9 is where we're going to kind of kick this off here. Proverbs 22 and 9, and it says this, verse 9, he who has a generous eye, okay, so it's talking about a generous soul, somebody, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, that thinks in the sense of generosity. He who has a generous eye, all right? Um, some translators say a good eye, okay, a healthy eye, but it's talking about bountiful, prosperous, generous, okay. Who who has a generous eye will be blessed, okay, empowered to prosper, that means. For he gives, here we go, this is what makes him that generous uh, person, for he gives of his bread or his substance, that means, okay, material substance, gives of his bread to the poor, all right. So he's willing to help people make a difference, generous soul, first and foremost, is always thinking about the needs of other folks, all right, not just thinking about internal. In this particular text, it's talking about looking at, you know, in the area of the poor, okay? Now, the best thing you can do for the poor is not be one, okay? In fact, the word is clear that you're called to be one who gives unto the poor, as it says in this verse and other verses here in Proverbs, okay? You are called to help the poor, all right? You're called to be the difference maker, in a sense, you're called to be the good Samaritan with the one that has, that has need, okay? In a sense, we could say it that way. Uh, we're called to be the difference maker, all right? Somebody says, well, the Word says that the poor we will have always. Well, yeah, the poor will be there always. But that doesn't mean you have to be the poor. It's not saying that you have to be that, okay? So what I'm talking to you today about being a generous soul is about, in a sense, being the difference maker, Okay? having a, a willingness to be uh, open-handed to be a blessing to others, okay? To get involved with, with ministries that, that are doing something, get involved with projects, get involved with, with that person that needs help, get involved with, uh, you know, meeting a need for another individual, okay? Think generous, all right? Think, uh, you know, in the sense of being, uh, you know, uh, liberal in the area of, in the sense of your generosity, all right? Be open-handed, not close-fisted, all right? 
lot of people we're going to see here in a minute, a verses or two that, that bring out that poverty comes from being close-fisted. Okay? And uh, anyway, I'm kind of jumping ahead myself. But anyway, uh, J.D. Rockefeller had a quote here. I thought this was pretty interesting. He said this. He said, a, uh, uh, pardon me, think of giving not as a duty but as a privilege. Now, this was J.D. Rockefeller. Okay? And I'm not sure what kind of wealth that man got into, but I think it was in the billions. And, but his idea is that you think of giving not as some duty, but as a privilege. All right? So there's another quote for you. Let's go to Isaiah. We'll come back to Proverbs here in a minute. Isaiah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 32 is where we'll go here. All right. Isaiah 32. And I'm going to go verse 8. It says, but a generous man or generous soul, all right, devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. So let's define some of this. A generous man, of course, there's that same word generous, uh, devises generous things. That literally means to reflect or to beget, okay, um, devise. In other words, so out of a generous man comes other generous things, okay? It, it begins to multiply after itself. That's what it's talking about. It also uses words here like legacy heritage, inheritance, these words. So what he's talking about is a generous man reproduces. It keeps, it keeps reproducing. Okay, there's more generous things that come as a result of your generosity. Now, for whatever it's worth here, I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? Um, a generous man um, receives, you know, the blessing or the increase because of his generosity, and you say, well, that's, well, duh. Well, see, a lot of people miss it, okay? You, you, there's increase because you do give, okay? The, the, this this tight-fisted uh, mentality is kind of like years ago, I heard a statement, it's just kind of a funny thing, but, but it makes sense. It, uh, the can theory, you know, you get all you can, you can all you get, and then you sit on the can. Well, you know, people think that's a, a way to, you know, save and to, you know, save for that rainy day or whatever it is that, that storm down the road or whatever it is. And I found anybody saves for a rainy day, guess what? You get a rainy day. Somewhere, something along the line is going to come and take it all, okay? Steal it all anyway. So you're better off to not have that kind of mentality, but have more of an open-handed. Now, there's nothing wrong with saving. Please don't, don't take what I just said there as a, I'm telling you, don't ever save money. That's not what I'm saying, because you got to follow God in your saving, your investments, all that kind of stuff. And we have touched on those things before. But we are talking about here, generosity is about being open-handed, learning to see need and then try to meet those needs the best way you can. Amen. Praise God. So again, let's read this. A generous man devises generous things, and by what? By his generosity or by generosity, he shall stand. That word stand means continue, endure, remain, accomplish, perform, succeed. It also means to continue in success. So in other words, that's what he's bringing out here. A generous man produces after himself. So what happens is, all right, generosity begets generosity, all right? So you continue to succeed because of your generosity. Now, I've read a many a story, a many of a testimony from, from great successful men and women around the globe who have lived, some have come and gone, some are still on the planet, and they all agree that one of, the, one of the keys to success, as I said earlier, is generosity, all right? Learn to be generous. Learn 
to see the needs of others. Learn to help. Learn to get involved with good things. Learn to support things that need to be supported. All right? Learn to step out of your comfort zone and get out of, out of uh, uh, you know, this, this clutchy, you know, uh, greedy kind of uh, closed-fisted kind of mentality and learn to reach beyond yourself and make a difference. See, there's benefits to it, all right, if you just do it, all right? A lot of folks are, are walking in poverty because of greediness or because they fear, uh, you know, stepping out and, and uh, you know, giving and helping, all right? Now, again, I am just keep jumping ahead of myself a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, uh, John Wooden, which is a, a coach, Coach Wooden, uh, he said this one time, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. Don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. Now, the reason I thought that was a good quote for this, because that's really what it, how it works. When you're talking about generosity, we all get involved and do what we can. We can't do everything, but we can do some things. And if we will learn to step out of our comfort zones a little bit and be generous, learn to help others, get involved with things, amen, do our part. And if we will reach out and do what we can do, God will get involved with what we can't do, all right? And that's just how this thing works, all right? And if everybody does their part, brings their supply, when we're talking about whether we're talking about ministry or we're talking about helping something or getting involved in a project or whatever it is, if we all do our part, God gets involved. Praise God. Why? Because generosity begets generosity. I mean, it brings increase. That's how we succeed. Praise God. I was thinking of this. The, uh, I don't know if I wrote it down, but John 6, I believe it is, and it's the, the story of uh, uh, the young boy who gave Jesus, I think it was like uh, five loaves and two fish. I believe I got the numbers right there. Five loaves and two fish. This is what he had, right? So he gives five loaves and two fish to Jesus, who turns around and feeds 5,000, all right? He gave what he had, and it multiplied and met a need. See, God got involved, amen, okay? It's like uh, God added his super uh, to that young man's natural, you know what I'm saying, and created a supernatural, uh, you know, occurrence here. And then, because of his giving, because of the principle of giving, the boy, I think if I'm not mistaken, they, re, they received up, I believe it was 12 basketfuls, which would have been, I mean, he, what he gave probably wasn't even a full basketful. And yet he ended up with, you know, with more than 10 times what he started with, you know. So, I mean, they're just, it's just a phenomenal story. And actually, it's one of, I think it might even be the only miracle in the Gospels that's actually in all four Gospels, I believe. And it all started with a young boy willing to give what he had, amen, and God added to it, praise God, and, it, and, and Jesus blessed it, and it multiplied, and it created a, an, an awesome miracle, praise God, amen. Kind of really all over the map, I feel like. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, just, just to get encouraged by that stuff. Okay, let's go back to Proverbs now. Proverbs 11, let's look at something here. Proverbs 11, praise God. Talking about a generous soul, being generous, all right, it's key. John, probably Proverbs 11, let's go to verse 25. This actually, uh, yeah, verse 25, we can just do that. It says, the generous soul will be made rich. Guess what? I looked up rich, and guess what it means? Rich, all right? All right, it means prosperous, okay? Having an abundance, all right? So the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. In other words, he who's willing 
to uh, reach down into the well, so to speak, pull up water to give to another. Okay. I use the word well on purpose because a statement years ago, a statement that I heard that a well, okay, talking about a water well, okay, is a product of those willing to dig deep and find the spring. And when we're talking about generosity, it's exactly what we're doing here. Okay, you're digging deep. You're learning how to dig deep and find the spring. Because once you find the spring, you not only have enough water for yourself, you got to water for everybody. And that's the key here. That's what generosity does. All right? That's why it's so important to see beyond yourself. Like I said, you know, as Henry Ford said that, you know, that's the problem with uh, being greedy is it's nearsightedness, okay? That's, you're only seeing right here. Instead of seeing beyond yourself, seeing the need, seeing uh, the project, seeing the, the family over there in need or the, or the organization that needs help or whatever it is, okay, seeing, seeing it and being a part of it. See, it's, you can't be nearsighted to be generous. It can't happen, okay? You got to get past yourself a little bit, all right? I hope this don't, I'm not trying to be a rebuke here. It's just, I just think sometimes, you know, we, we get so caught up in our own little world making sure our little need gets met, that we, we forget that God's the one that provides. God's the one that, uh, that'll meet that need. If you'll just honor Him, amen, honor Him with the first part and then represent Him with the rest of it. Learn how to represent the King, represent your God, amen, with your substance, amen. Be generous, praise God, <laughs> amen, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Winston Churchill said this. He said, we make a living by what we get, and we make a life by what we give. I love that, right? Okay, this is Winston Churchill, okay? We make a living by what we get, and we make a life by what we give. Now, another way this was worded one time, it said, I can't even remember who, who said it, but I wrote it down. It just said this, the meaning of life is to get what belongs to you, but the purpose of life is to give it away. Amen, and that's so key. Listen, I'm telling you, the people that learn how to be generous are never without. Please hear this. Somebody said, well, I want to be that. I want to be that one that always has enough to, uh, to, to meet needs and be okay. Then you got you to, in a sense, you got to prime the pump, so to speak, or you got to dig deep to find that spring, okay? Okay, you got to be willing then to be a giver of it because the people that are willing to be generous with what they have, amen, are the ones that are never without. And you have to see the connection there. Amen. See, the people that are generous didn't wait till they had before they were generous. They were generous with what they had. And as a result of it, God made sure because they're a generous one to have more than they need, all their needs met. I mean, we're seeing Cornelius. I mean, just seeing what God did for Cornelius and his family just because or part of it because of his, his generous giving. All right. So, uh, you know, you, you think, what a phenomenal thing that happened. Okay, one of the, basically the first Gentile family to come into the kingdom. And what was mentioned, or one of the things mentioned, was his generous giving. All right, his generous, his generosity. Okay, so uh, I just think that, you know, there's something to this. Okay, and obviously there is, but there's enough to said about it. Let's go back now to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, I might jump back in Proverbs again later. I'm kind of, again, kind of rolling what I, kind of how I feel here. So let's go 2 Corinthians 9 again. I'm going to read more of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We read, read part of this. We're going to read, read some more of it again and then, uh, then move on, read a little bit further down. Okay. 
Hallelujah. Generosity. All right. So remember what they did was a matter of generosity, not a grudging obligation. But verse six in chapter nine says this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly, in other words, tight fisted, they're just tight. They're, they're, they're a little more tight fisted. They're, they're going to reap sparingly. In other words, you're not going to have going to not going to have much return if you're not going to give much. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, this isn't Jerry Roberts doctrine. Okay, this isn't, you know, something I'm just coming up with. All right, this is something that, that Paul's talking about here to the Corinthian church, in, encouraging them to continue to be generous, all right, to follow through with things. Don't just talk generosity. Don't just talk things and then not fall through with it. You got to fall through with things. But uh, he's talking about the, the, the importance of giving, okay, that there is a return, all right? There's a return on your giving, all right? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart and settle it. Okay, settle in your heart, right? Not grudgingly. In other words, not, you know, reluctantly or whatever, or, you know, uh, or of necessity. Again, that word um, is referring to um, having to be prodded to do it. For God loves a cheerful giver. So now when you're talking about a cheerful giver, obviously a cheerful giver is a generous giver. All right. Bountiful giver. That's a cheerful giver. Okay. It's not just saying that every time you give, you have to have a smile on your face. Although it would probably help. But the point is, all right, he's talking about this is the kind of giver, a giver that wants to do this. He looks forward to be a part of something. And really, to be honest, um, there, there really isn't much that is, I mean, it is so, uh, so fun to be able to meet needs in people's lives. It's a blessing to be able to do something, to hear from heaven, to go and, and then meet a need in somebody's life uh, or to be a part of a project that uh, you, can, you can help move something forward or get something done, something built, something whatever. There's just, there's just such, a, um, such a reward, even uh, emotionally, uh, um, mentally, um, not, only, not only monetarily, not only uh, you know, as far as your substance is concerned, but just think of just all the blessing that comes out of it. All right, anyway, I'm saying enough on that. Let's read on. It says this, and God then is able to make all grace, okay, abound towards you, all right, all grace. Earlier, uh, I think in chapter 8, talks about the grace of giving. So there's obviously an empowerment that if you start rolling with this, there's an empowerment that comes on you to continue to do this, all right? Okay, and in other words, that divine influence upon you to turn around so you can be an influence to those around you, all right? So uh, this grace abounds towards you that you then, what, always have all sufficiency in all things and may have an abundance for every good work. Now, that's quite a promise. But remember now, this promise is to that cheerful giver, that bountiful giver, okay, that generous soul, all right? If you will be generous, amen, you can have these benefits. You can have this increase. He goes on, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Man, what a, what a statement here. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. In other words, if you're a giver, God's always going to see to it. That's what I was kind of talking about earlier. God's going to always see to it. You have something in hand so you can do that. See, the, it, generosity begets generosity. In other words, it'll, it'll just start coming to you. Why? Because you're willing to do something with it. All right? If you're just going to be clutchy, you're going to be, you know, always fearful about what, you, what you're not going to have well, then you're never going to have the increase. You're never going to have this kind of thing manifesting for you. All right? 
it goes on. He, uh, he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food that he may supply and multiply then, here we go, that increase, the seed that you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. In other words, your giving, your gift, he's talking to the Corinthian church, is going to make a difference not only for you, but for all those that you're giving to. Amen. And all that, uh, you know, that joy and thanksgiving uh, begins to go up to God as a result of your giving. So it's just saying that, you know, this, it makes it, it's there to make a difference. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So God, I believe what God's trying to say through the scripture is that we're to, we're to main, remain or maintain, maybe it's a better word here, maintain a, a generous mentality. Okay, always thinking about giving, sowing, making a difference. Praise God. Amen. And not a sparing mentality or a clutchy, holding back, greedy mentality. Okay, uh, let me give you some verses here. Luke 6 and 38 says this, Give, and it'll be given to you. Here we go. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Okay, that's how it's worded in the uh, old King James. So, the point is, is that, uh, in fact, that whole context is talking about, you know, guarding what you sow, what you sow, you reap. That's kind of what he says in this same text here in Second Corinthians. You know, what you sow, if you're going to be bountiful, guess what? It comes back bountifully. If you're going to be sparingly, it comes back sparingly. All right. Uh, and that whole text in, in, uh, in Luke 6 is bringing out the fact that, you know, you be merciful, you're, you, you receive mercy. You're judgmental, you receive judgment. If you're uh, forgiving, you, there's forgiveness. If you're not going to be forgiving, guess what? Um, it, just, it just, you know, everything produces after its own kind. But in that same text, he's talking about generosity, all right? And so he's talking about if you're generous, if you're giving, it comes back. And it's always multiplied. That's the, that's the cool thing about it. It's always multiplied. Now, the same book, Luke, in chapter 16, you know, you know five or probably 10 chapters later, He's talking about uh, those not necessarily being faithful with, with their increase, not being faithful with their substance, okay? In fact, he uses the word unrighteous mammon, so it's talking about finance, okay? He says, if you're not going to be faithful with it, he said, how can he commit to you the true riches? So in other words, everything's being held back from you, not because God's holding it back, not because God's saying, oh, I ain't going to give nothing to you. No, it's, it's all about the fact that you've never done anything to prime the pump, so to speak. You've never, you've never dug down to the spring, so to speak, okay? You're not willing to be, uh, you know, to honor and to uh, represent the king or represent God with your, with your substance. So what happens is now the true riches can't come back to you because you're not doing anything to produce that, all right? Well, anyway, I just thought that's a verse we need to throw out there, all right? Let's go to Proverbs, back to Proverbs again. Proverbs 21. Probably thought, man, maybe when I should have just left all the Proverbs verses together, right? But anyway, no, nothing wrong with jumping back and forth with the word here, all right? Proverbs 21 this time. Hallelujah. Here's a statement for you. Uh, stop worrying about what you have to lose and start focusing on what you have to gain. I thought that was pretty good. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, here's another one. Don't fear... Pardon me, don't let the fear of not having exceed the excitement of giving. Let me read that one again. That's a good one. Don't let the fear of not having exceed the excitement of giving. I thought that's pretty good. Amen. All right, so Proverbs 21, here we go. Verse 25 this time, 25 and 26. Now, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, but I'm just trying to show you something here. 
The desire of the lazy man uh, kills him, all right, for his hands refuse to labor. Uh, he covets greedily all day long, okay? Uh, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Now, that's uh, Proverbs 21, verse 25 and 26. Now, uh, the reason I read both by, uh, 25 and 26 is because it's talking a comparison here, okay? Now, you're not supposed to be that, that greedy individual, that covetous one, that lazy one. That's not who you are. You're the righteous, okay? And the righteous man gives and doesn't spare, okay? So a righteous man gives, all right? This word gives means to give out of regard or consideration, okay? That's what he's talking about, this generous giving, helping something, seeing a need, trying to fill that need, okay? That's what it means. So to give out of regard or consideration, it literally means to give to cause to receive. Give to cause to receive. In other words, live to give. Live to give, give to live. You know, that's what he's talking about. So you're giving, okay? So a, a righteous man gives and does not spare. So you're talking about a generous soul here, all right? So that's different than being this, this covetous, lazy individual that won't uh, reach beyond themselves, only thinking about themselves, all right? So it's talking about here, you know, giving and not sparing, which means to restrain or hold back, okay? Amen. Don't, don't spare, okay? So don't hold back. Now, somebody says, well, you know, if I do that, uh, you know, I ain't going to have anything. Well, here you go, okay? Is, is there such a thing about making a mistake in giving? It could be. It could be. Uh, some people maybe give, you know, somebody might uh, somehow coerce them to give uh, based on something or whatever, and maybe whether they should have gave or not. I mean, that, that could be maybe up for debate. But here's the deal. I just want you to hear this, okay? Because we could probably bounce back and forth with this for, for quite a while. But if you're going to make an error in your giving, now hear me. If you're going to make any kind of error, in other words, a mistake in your giving, make your error, your mistake on the giving end, not the stingy end. I'd rather make a mistake given too much than make the mistake of not giving enough. All right. Now that's just something I hold true. Okay. That's just kind of my own thing, whatever. But I just want, my thought is I'd rather uh, make a mistake on giving too much than not giving enough. All right. And so, and, and you can take that, leave it, whatever you want. But as far as I'm concerned, that's what he's talking about here. He doesn't spare. He doesn't hold back. All right. Uh, he sees a need. He gets out and gets involved in it. And I have found my God has never let me down. All right. The word even talks about that. You don't, you're not going to see the, uh, the righteous begging uh, for bread. You're not going to see them begging. They're not going to have to. All right. Their needs are going to be met. And I have been in situations even where, uh, you know, there's no paychecks. There's no this, no that. But, all this, but God always always, always meets our needs because we first honor him and we secondly represent him with all of our income, with all of our substance, with all of our materials, time, energies, efforts, all that kind of stuff, okay? And we've just made it a point, you know, 30-plus years back, okay, I made that decision, okay? Nearly now, I don't know what it's been. I think, uh, you know, I've been saved now probably 35, 6, 7 years, something like that, and about probably about 35 years ago, I made that decision. Okay, when I first heard the importance of honoring God first and foremost, and then then the representing God just kind of just that's just what we, we do. We just represent God with with our substance in any way we can. And I've never been without. God has always met our needs. Um, and, and it wasn't based on enough paycheck or 
you know, uh, you know, all that. Uh, it wasn't even because of a, a bunch of investments, even though we've done some great investments, okay? I've uh, missed out on a few of those too, but, but the bottom line is for some reason, my God has always met our needs, made sure that we had above and beyond. We always had something to help another with. We've always been able to do that. Always somehow or another, something ends up in our hands that we not only meets our needs, but can help meet the need of another individual and, uh, or get involved with an organization, get involved with a project or whatever it is. We've always seemed to have something. We've always seemed to have it, okay? And it's always because, and I believe it comes down to generosity, all right? We always choose to be generous, all right? Now, that's, that's you know, all of this, that's your pastor's heart coming out here, all right? Um, you know, I'm not sitting here passing a plate to you, all right? That's not what this is about. This is just talking about the importance of generosity. And again, I mean, you take the time. Go read all the, all the success gurus and all of what they talk about. I mean, I'm even talking about people that don't even know God. They know the importance of generosity because it's a principle that works. And every principle that works is, is obviously a godly principle. And I guarantee you, every principle that works, you're going to find in the Word. Okay, I'm just telling you. Okay. They may have maybe stumbled onto it, okay, but I'm telling you, all right, that generosity is key in your life. All right. Now anyway, a lot said there. Let's uh in the in the line of all this, uh well, let me read that again. Uh uh the the lazy man kills or the desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hand refuses to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Now let's I'm gonna go to the new covenant and read a verse out of there in Ephesians four. I feel like I'm kind of shooting at you with, with, with uh, both barrels here a little bit, but hopefully you're hearing something and getting, getting a hold of this. This is uh, Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read 28. Let him who st stole steal no, no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, right? So let me read it again. Let him who st stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands. Talking about... The importance of being involved. Okay, so this is kind of the kind of a similar verse that we read there in Proverbs. Okay, okay, you you got to you still got to you got to apply yourself. Okay, you got to work. Be a, put your hands to work doing something. But now listen, here's why. Okay, okay, so working with his hands, what is good that he may have something to give him who has need. So he's just talking about again being generous. That's what it's talking about. Now the reason I think this is important because. There's a lot of folks out there that don't, they just don't see the importance of, of, of applying themselves, working with their hands, all right? And uh, they have all kinds of reasons. Some people are just flat lazy, like Proverbs brings out. And there are, and there are people that are. There are people that don't think, they don't, don't concern themselves with anybody else but themselves. Um, but I have found that some people even, uh, you know, somehow try to even make it work. Uh, spirit, or pardon me, uh, um, doctrinally, that it's okay to not work. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that's right at all. And uh, so we, uh, we, we apply ourselves. We, we are a part of things. Now, there, there are folks that have worked their whole life and they're retired in the sense of uh, retirement. There's nothing wrong with that. I get that. That's, that's wonderful. But uh, you don't retire, you refire, praise God. You get involved with something. You be, you be a part of things. And that's probably a whole other sermon there. But uh, the bottom line is, Okay, this is what he's talking about there in Proverbs. You're seeing this here in, in Ephesians. Um, you know, when you, when you think about it, if uh, you're applying yourself, you're working, and it says here that you will have something to help another. 
The idea is to get not just to work just so you get, make a living, but that you instead make a life. You know, as, as uh, I believe, it was, was it Winston Churchill, was it? Or was that one? Uh, I think it was Winston Churchill that brought that out. So he says, you know, this is how you make a life is by learning how to give. All right. All right. So uh, a lot of people live from paycheck to paycheck. And my thought is this. I think that a lot of times the reason we live from paycheck to paycheck is because we're not generous. Now, uh, you chew on that. All right. So, you know, think about that. Now, sometimes it could be based on some decisions we made. Could be we're in a place to where we're building. Uh, you know, we're, we're growing. We're developing. That's all great. Uh, but a lot of folks that all their life, they just live from paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of times it comes down to this. They don't honor God, and they don't represent God with their increase in substance. Okay? And so I'm just telling you that's the principles. That's the Word of God. All right? And learn to be generous. And it does start with being honorable with your first part, amen, giving, tithing. And then, it, then with the rest, you learn how to be, uh, you know, a representation with your increase and substance, amen, and represent the king, represent your God, amen. That's how this thing works. Now, here's a few more statements for you before I let you go here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is kind of what it's bringing out here in Ephesians 4 here, okay, and also what we, what we read there in Proverbs, okay? We as believers are called to be a blessing, not a burden. We're called to be givers, not takers, okay? That's how this works, okay? So as believers, we're called to be a blessing. That's really what we, several verses in there talk about that, okay? That's why I said the righteous are, they're the ones out there giving, okay? They're the ones reaching out, making a difference, okay? They're givers, not takers, now, a lot of times we have to understand that the giver thinks a certain way, right? A giver thinks, what can I contribute? Not what can I take. Thinks, how can I complete another or complete this or finish this instead of, uh, you know, what, what, how do I get myself completed? All right? See, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes people are only think about themselves. Okay, They don't put their hand to the plow doing anything or working or use their hands for anything. All right, and all they do is they think about how they can get all their needs met by not doing anything. Now, I'm not just trying to pick on anybody. I'm just trying to say this, uh, you know, this is really a subject that, to me, needs to be preached. Okay, it needs to be taught. Now, I understand not everybody's going to listen, uh, but in our society today, there's a lot of takers, uh, and it seems like it's growing. Okay, which is sad. Okay. And the way you break that, okay, is learning how to be a generous soul, okay? Don't be the one that's a taker. Be the one that's a giver, amen. Now, there's a whole other sermon on learning how to receive, okay, and using your faith to put in the sickle, so to speak, and bring in your harvest, amen. And, uh, you know, we'll probably teach on that someday. But uh, the point is this, okay, first and foremost, learn how to be one that is generous. Honor God with your increase, and represent God with your increase. Amen. And you'll, you'll be amazed at how things turn around in your life. Amen. There's all kinds of promises out there. Talk about the wealth of the sinner coming into the hands of the righteous. Uh, it talks about uh, he'll give you treasures of darkness, the hidden riches and secret places. Uh, it talks about, you know, the, uh, you know the all grace abounding, that you have all sufficiency in all things, right? All these are promises to you, but you have to understand it's to the giver. 
is to the generous soul. All right? And if you're not priming the pump or digging toward the spring, digging deep down to the spring, then you have to understand that that's probably not ever going to manifest for you. All right? Now, we're not being critical, being judgmental. We love you, okay? But, uh, you know, a lot of folks are always looking for a miracle, financial miracle, or a breakthrough of some sort. And then you come to find out they don't honor God with their increase. They don't, they don't give. They're not, they're not thinking of others. Um, they're, they're still just too, too wrapped up, uh, you know, as he said, nearsighted, okay, that you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't even get this thing working, all right? So we got to be a generous people. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see here. I got some more here. Um, this is just a statement that was made. Um, uh, I thought it was, you know, today it wouldn't be so bad. Blessed are those who give without remembering and receive without forgetting. I kind of like that. It's kind of a cool statement. In other words, give that, uh, you know, you're just willing to give. You ain't just necessarily always uh, adding up everything you give. Although there is, there's some, you know, another sermon on that about, you know, part of putting in the sickle is being aware of the fact that you're sowing and know the seeds you've got in the ground. But this here is just talking about being generous. You're not looking uh, always and, you know, trying to uh, keep it in your head, everything you always do for everybody. No, just learn to be a giver. Just learn to be a blessing. Praise God. Amen. And then it talks about receiving without forgetting. In other words, always be thankful. Now, that's where that honor part comes in because part of what you're doing, you're honoring God with your increase. Why? Because you are um, thankful for what God has given you and what God has done for you. Praise God. And so anyway, a lot said today, uh, maybe a different way of bringing it across. But again, talking about being a generous soul, to me, this is what Cornelius did. Remember, a whole chapter in the book of Acts was, uh, was given to a man who hadn't even yet came into the kingdom. But because of his, his, his honor to God, love for God, and his giving, generous giving, amen, it becomes a memorial before God, uh, you know, a divine appreciation now, a man, the man of God is sent there, praise God, amen, to his, him and his whole family come into the kingdom, get filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, and water baptized, a whole chapter that's devoted to this man, amen, because of a uh, big part of it, because of his giving. Praise God. I hope you got blessed there. Father, we give praise and glory and honor. Thank you once again for ears that heard, hearts that received today. Thank you for a generous people. Their willingness, their willingness to honor you with their increase, amen, their willingness to represent you with their increase, to make a difference in the lives of those around them, make a difference in their home churches, make a difference in other organizations, Lord, that are doing great things around the world. Father, we just give thanks, amen, for their willingness, praise God, to honor you, to represent you, and we give you the praise and the glory for it in the name of Jesus, amen. Hope you got blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of the message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministries on Roku. For more information on who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out our website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.